Hello and welcome to Legend Cast. My name is Brian Krogsgaard. I'm here with Josh Holswich. Hey, Josh. Mr. Brian. Always good to be here. It's good to be with you, sir. How are you doing? Good. Just uh, wishing we could hearken back to the days when the Fed didn't matter as much as it does. I know. It's like for crypto, for crypto, we're supposed to be different, you know, like we're supposed to just not care about these things, live in our own little world. And now it's just we just are just another freaking market. We made it to the big leagues and we realized the big leagues suck. Uh, now I just correlate to everything else out there and, and trying to squeeze tiny little 10 percent moves up or down to make our year. Where's our moon, Josh? Where's our where's our. $100,000 Bitcoin, half a million dollar Bitcoin. Promises were made. Stock to flow models were created. But I uh, I don't know. Like, we're just, we're not even outperforming freaking oil. We go through periods of coupling and decoupling and to multiple things, obviously. And everybody's been talking about the legacy traditional coupling between crypto and BTC recently. But we were heavily correlated with the 10 year at one point but not so much anymore you know is that going to come back a lot of people are looking at that as a possibility uh, as far as writing the ship the rolling BTC correlations world. i have the gold performance up here from 2021 just because i saw this yesterday i think <laughs> and it just reminded me like yeah i'm glad we're actually not digital gold right now because uh gold did terrible in 2021 yeah. As a relative, you know, what you'd expect, I guess, like my plebeian view of gold and inflation, <laughs> like it doesn't jive with the performance of gold. <laughs> is it leading? Is it lagging? I don't know. I don't care. I, I don't pay attention to it other than talking about it. Uh, but it's just funny how um, gold kind of did nothing in 2021. Yeah. You know, one of the markets we've, at least from a cyclical viewpoint, our last two cycles have coincided with pretty well was this big start of the 2017 bull run was the the dollar or the Dixie dumping and the market uh, topped when the Dixie bottomed and you know, ground its way up and then the it bottomed somewhere in this chop but the Dixie um, March COVID highs um, marked the real big run up for for crypto again and. Uh, lo and behold, we've had this dollar rise uh, since then. This is indicative that we were due, essentially, for a bear market of sorts to start back in May, which for Bitcoin was true, right? So the the advantages in, in, in Bitcoin were uh, not good in crypto. Other stuff ran. But now, now where are we? We're at a decision point on the Dixie. So are we kind of... Are we in the middle of the bear market? We don't know it <laughs> for Bitcoin. Um, this would kind of insinuate that that's true. And I, th- I find that interesting. Um, yeah. So maybe I think this is a good, I think this is at least a good signal that to support what we've already talked about a lot is we're probably not going anywhere fast. You know, like we're probably not like going to make significant new highs or anything this year, supportive of the range, whatever. We're, Somewhere in this type of equivalent. Um, yeah. What do you think about that? Yeah, it depends how zoomed out you want to get. You know, if you want to zoom out to 2013 and look at where we could go from here, things look great. 
if you zoom out to 2021 and you look at the range we're still in, um, then obviously we're, we're, things look a bit slower <laughs> than previously because we're still in the range. And if we're not in the range or if, you know, we're not doing anything until we're out of the range is basically my, my viewpoint. Mm. So yeah, yes, it's 30 to 60, but like the trend may shift. The trend may go bullish or bearish intra range, but ultimately the range will decide for me when it's, when it's going to be up or down, right? Uh, if it's going to be below the range or above the range, that doesn't, it's like saying a bunch of nothing, but it's, just commenting we're in no man's land there is like like there is no there's no general bias here i don't think until we're out of this range Um, i came to a conclusion today because i think you can still trade the range it doesn't make it useless but i traded the range pretty well i don't know the btc equivalents but for ethereum like i made significant buys in the kind of 2100 range and i was in and out variety of points before but i was like you know, you know, when we were on weekly open and I was like, this is your moment, you know, all that crap. It was literally the, the bottom wick um, for ETH. And what I realized is we've had a couple of weeks of like really nice movements and I don't want to let that retrace and lose it. <laughs> so it's like on my upside, I think we'll find real resistance, 3,400 to 3,600, somewhere in there, certainly by the 200 day moving average. So I'm looking at this 200-day moving average as a we might go tap that type of thing, but downside is like mid 20 uh, mid 2Ks for ETH. Maybe maybe we even go worse and make lower lows. And I was like, just the the, the risk reward ratio is not very good for me right now. So um, I'm kind of easing out. Like I'm going to have exposure into that 200-day, and then uh, maybe that's when I'll really reduce my exposure more. But it's uh, the market. I'm a little cautious in the market right now, and it makes me sad because I was like, I was, you know, in the in the long camp, and I I was very happy with that. Went well, and I realized like I'm trying to, you know, stand I'm staying past my due to the party. I think so. Um, you know, got me a little a little cautious, a little risk off over here, Josh. Well, we talked about repairing the technical damage of the past three months, like that's going to take a while. Um, So I think everybody's excited, obviously, because things are up so much from the bottom. ETH is up what 50% plus from the bottom now. 44. Okay. Yeah. It was like, it was like 55. Um, So it's not out of the question that things slow down even here a little bit. Um, On low timeframes on the four hour, I like this, potential right shoulder setup in this head and inverted head and shoulders coming volume doesn't really match whatever i don't care but um this i like the way this could look in the next couple weeks maybe like mm. this may take a week it may take two weeks i don't know i don't but, like when uh, those levels are droopy like that though because you don't actually make an equal high or a higher high you're just it's like kind of a head and shoulders you know but when they well, get, when, the, when they uh, droop like that, they just they give me less confidence. That's the uh, what's his face argument. He doesn't like diagonal anything. Um, Cred. No, no, no. Peter no. Brandt. Peter Brandt. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm not going to disagree with that. Anything, any chart pattern that's strictly horizontal or whatever is has better, uh, better. I don't know probability outcomes in general. Mm-hmm. 
but it's not not there. That's always my argument. Like mm-hmm. I can't not see it. Just like you can't not <laughs> see whatever this thing was up here, um, even though it's a mess, right? Uh, so yeah, I, I think we cool off a little bit in the low time frames, and ultimately, whatever your personal barometer is for bullishness or bearishness, I mean, it's always going to be the cloud that's not going to change. Um, so when I see where we're sitting in the cloud on the daily for Ethan BTC and where we need to go yet. Like we're, we're no rush to go anywhere. You know, if we're above 35 by April, that's a huge win uh, on the cloud. So yeah, between now and April is the millennia for crypto. I know, but um, <laughs> we can, if we can pattern this out and drag it on into Q2, that ultimately is win-win because then you have pattern on your side, you have chart on your side and you have seasonality on your side uh, for a move into Q2. Um, when historically, yeah, everything does best on Q2. Not so much ETH, but altcoins in general. Is there any front running of that or like what, when does, uh, when do you actually start to look to engage that type of trade before? Well, I would definitely, over? I would definitely focus on the, um, chart pattern on low time frames at least that's what i'll be doing yeah and yeah i don't know this may pop now this may pop never but you can sort of see a similar setup um btc it kind of went early whereas eth it uh took took some time here this was what five days six days so this may pop six days or no i don't know like but ultimately uh if we can get this series of events going into q2 post-tax season, post-fed nonsense, you know, whatever, survive rate hikes. I don't know. Like, who the hell knows what's going on in that department? But that's what I'd love to see going into Q2. Because for me, Q1 is kind of just a wash in general. Well, there's some stuff that's just inherently true, right? Like, rates will go up and liquidity will be taken out of legacy systems. So it's it's challenging because you're like, well, how do you – how do you make adjustments there, right? To uh, it, That's just facts of a market that will exist, and those are therefore headwinds. So at what point does that become priced in to where people are, are done consider, considering the the hikes and, and identifying liquidity changes, adjustments? The Fed is not buying as much, and then the Fed stops buying altogether, whatever. And, uh, and it starts to reverse course, and... That's what makes me think that uh, we can take a while. And I, I hate guess. that. I don't. It's so boring. It's so boring. I want to do something fun. You know, like we got to go find. <laughs> we got to go but. find the exciting parts of the market. But even May, June, July, that took a quarter, right? Like that took a long time. So even calling like bullishness by April is probably um, a little too optimistic here. You know. Mm-hmm. Like, I'd love to be right and say things will be fine by April because it's starting to look like that's certainly the case. But I'll take a W double bottom here too, right? Like, let's say there's some <laughs> massive hike, emergency hike nonsense, and we gain theory this out and this drops back down to 23. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll buy down there. I'll get back in. Why not? You know, could I be wrong? Sure. But so that's, for me, on ETH, that's the levels that I like. Either the lows or just wait for this pattern to play out because the pattern has the cloud on its side going into April. Yeah. So yeah, it's boring. It's wait and see. It's do nothing. Be sort of 
hypersensitive to any near-term volatility. And like, if you're out, you want downward volatility so you can get back in, right? <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, I mean, that looks quite bad that you're looking at like that that cloud view. Um, well, what do you mean bad? Well, not up. Down is bad. <laughs> of course, it's Q1. Q1 is not good. Q1 is just not good. Sorry, it just isn't. This is even ETH. ETH historically has done better in the first half of the year. But uh, look at EPTC. It's getting trounced lately. Let's pull that up. It's it's getting destroyed. Here's the 10-year versus BTC, just real quick. I, I'd love to see this re, recouple, this like correlation um, come back. But anyway, uh, what are we looking at? EPTC. Mm-hmm. Over the past week, isn't it down like bunch of percent or am I crazy? Uh, yeah, what's worse about it is it's under some technical levels that are important to me. Like, this looks like it's going nowhere fast too, right? Yeah, going nowhere <laughs> fast is the way to put it. So Maybe I, this is some sort of flag thing, which yeah. I don't know. Who the hell knows? Yeah, when I look at it, I see it consolidating under the 200 day, which I never like. Um, and then I go to the the weekly and it's under the 20 week. So, you know, unfortunately when <laughs> I look at this and it's like, well, that's, uh, that's just a sign that that shouldn't be where your exposure exposure is right now. And over 0.076, it looks much better. But when you go to each of these charts and none of them look particularly compelling, that, that just, you know, it's not fun. It's not as fun. I agree. I'd rather take a stab at something I think looks like it has a bias or a breakout point than just like sort of sit in, sit in a levered trade in like topium. I don't know. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, it looks sad. It looks uh, unexciting. It looks uninspired. EPTC specifically. Um, so our our precious bottom was two. Two weeks lived. Week three is now flat for Ethereum. Um, so we got maybe 10, 12 good days out of this move. It's just, you know, again, I'd expect if you were truly bullish on ETH and you were a believer in the, the future of Ethereum, wouldn't you want to be buying here? Am I crazy? Like, where's all the bulls here for Ethereum? Look at the on-chain activity. It's insane compared to BTC. Look at the fees. It's like four times BTC. Where are all the ETH bulls? Huh? Where are they? Huh? Anybody? Huh? Anybody? <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, like, now's the time, guys. Let's get ETH moving. Um, but uh, I guess it's priced in. I don't know. I don't know. How, how do you rationalize that? No, I just think it takes time. You know, things can... Uh, stay relatively irrational. So ETH 2.0 is not actually alive yet, so the fees are still high. So the regular Joes are not actually doing as much participation, and what participation they do have is hamstrung by those high fees. So your kind of notional buyer is just not really there, like notional retail buyer. So I think you probably do have some like larger money accumulation that's occurring or um, shifting from... Uh, assets that that have done really well to assets that have a significant, you know, 
interesting future like i i always look at soul eth because you saw that eth btc chart now observe the soul eth and it's like okay well that's not good <laughs> you know it's worse than um because it's compounded so if you have heavy exposure to this and you're like liquid then why wouldn't you reduce that exposure for things that are more sure more firm so I think some of the accumulation that's going on is like out of the trades that did well before and into trades that there's more, I don't know, like long-term certainty for. Um, I think that's that's some of it. And I think also there's just probably overall money still leaving the system um, that we're not identifying well. Do you do it? Have you been tracking any on-chain flows or anything? Yeah. the uh, I can pull it up. Um like ETH flows are sitting at levels, all-time high levels from uh, 2017 or something, as far as transactions. Uh, but that's transactions. <clears throat> Isn't there one of those places that will kind of make some estimates of like new money in to exchanges? Or like, you know, Ethereum going off of exchange, that kind of thing. Um, how do we normally tell those flows? Are they well, polls? look at... We can look at net flows. Um, this isn't the right chart, I don't think. Is it? Transfer volume to and from exchanges. Yeah, that's about right. From and to. Which one's from and which one's to? Inflow, outflow. I thought this was... I don't know, but there's there's a chart showing this. This doesn't look like it's the correct one, though. Hmm. Yeah, we can look at all this stuff, but like, does it does it matter at the end of the day? Does it really <laughs> matter? Like, does dormancy matter? Like, I love this. We're still talking about dormancy. It's like, does dormancy matter? Well, what matters is is money going back to banks, right? Like, if but, you could. But how do you? What do you want to look at for that? Do you want to look at like exchange balances? Yeah. Something like that might be helpful. We can check that. Um, I think there's some hidden contraction out there, I guess is my point, which also is sensible, right? Like <laughs> people are are paying taxes. They're, that's what you do at this time of year. But we, there isn't. That's the thing. Like if you look at exchange balance, assuming this data is correct, which is, again, sensitive, <laughs> but assuming the data is correct, if supply is declining, you'd expect price to have a better reaction than it is. You know, mm. this is where like multi-year lows of exchange balance. And this is just another way of thinking about dormancy as well, because it's being squirreled away somewhere. It's not sitting on exchanges. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's the Ooh. great accumulation before destiny um, at 33 K ETH. Uh, I don't know if I'd say that, but um, yeah, I just, I think I think this will we will have a very nice trend, but you know you kind of get stuck in these doldrums, right? Yeah, and ETH exchange balances are the same. They're flat. They're down. There's like nine million plus ETH on ETH 2.0 staking. <laughs> like, you know, I'm not expecting this to be crazy bullish, but you'd, you'd expect. I think a little different picture looking at those metrics compared to just looking at the price. Yeah. Like, am I am I crazy here? No, you're not. Hey, I heard. 
on a on another technical podcast for Legacy Markets. Um, I heard the host talking about how the S and P was a perfect point six one eight one retrace, and I had not noticed that the day that it like pelted up, and then uh, another day where it went up and then faded the whole thing. That was yesterday, wasn't it? Can't lose in my track of time. Um, and I think that's just another potential signal that, like, that market's going to chop around at best. It's got a lot of overhead sitting here at the 20-week. Now, you talk about potential head and shoulders. This one stands out to me uh, if I wanted to, to be that guy drawing those, which I do right now. <laughs> um, whether you look at it on a closing basis or a wick basis or whatever else, like, some kind of right shoulder retest down makes sense to me. Um, under the middle band, Bollinger Bands, there's still sector weakness. The bounces have been weak, and then like they're, the outperformance is narrow, and that's that's kind of what fits into this narrative of not going anywhere fast. Um, commodities still doing really well. Gold looks really good. Um I don't know. Everybody seems super scared and sensitive to anything. These 12 guys who the Fed say, whoever. I'm not just people. saying the Fed. I'm saying like this is. I know, I know, but I'm just saying in general. Like, it's like we can comment all we want on XYZ, but ultimately. Like, look at this weekly Q, uh, Q's chart for the NASDAQ and tell me you want to hold this. I don't want to hold that. <laughs> uh, just not knowing what that is. Um, yeah, in a, on a desert. <laughs> in my deserted island, yeah, uh, yeah, on a deserted island, not a on a de- also on a de- in a desert, sure, in a desert or on a deserted island, whichever one. I'm like completely out of it today. Uh, do you want to hold this? My answer is no. I'm like stay far away. What's your answer? Yeah, I, I agree. It doesn't look good. Uh, it doesn't look as bad as ranging Bitcoin and ranging ETH. You know, that there's at least some safety in the range, but when you have like trend reversal like that, uh, yeah, you don't know what'll even establish the range. Like, did it establish the range on that low, or is that you know, could the range be established back to this level? <laughs> At the more you ping around it, the more certainty you get about that range. Um, yeah, um, IWM also kind of retesting where it broke down from. Actually, it's almost a perfect retest. So it makes me wonder if it has potential continuation downwards. Once again, Bernie Sanders meme. I look around and I ask, where is the chart that looks good? <laughs> That's all I wanted to know. And I always come back to the same stuff. Freaking gold looks good and oil looks good. Look at oil. You just freak up only from negative... Yeah, <laughs> zero to hero yeah what else is gonna like do its own thing right based on uh, the cartel i guess <laughs> but it's crazy it's crazy i think it I, I think it's going super super high um i did not get oil exposure today i wanted to but i didn't i just did gold instead because i'd rather buy a dump on oil um and plus getting exposure exposure to oil is best with futures markets but I just the the amount of mayhem this creates if it if it just supermoons is so high. Um, 
the likelihood for more aggressive rate stuff is higher. Um, so much goes wrong in that circumstance. But anyway, nevertheless. I think it's definitely significant political pressure. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's not a, There's no good outcomes here, I don't think, for anybody. <laughs> Some good comments on the chat. Uh, Should have went all in when it went negative. Oil's bad for the environment. NFTs fix this. <laughs> Oil to a thousand. The estimates I've heard from some, you know, degenerate traders are quite high. Like, hundred plus a barrel is conservative in my mind. It's already at ninety two. What's the difference? That's another ten percent. Um, I actually, I think it can go two hundred plus. Two hundred plus would be kind of the equivalent of the prior all time highs from two thousand eight when you adjust for inflation or whatever it is. Um. Coffee chart looks good, JRC says. Coffee's going to get more expensive. It's not good for me. Um, yeah, I don't know. Like, com- commodities pumping. The hardest crypto money on earth is not. <laughs> Cope. We're just coping. Well, back to what I said earlier, like, I don't think it's going to happen, like, in a day, but... Like we can already start to see the micro decouplings going on um, between legacy and uh, crypto. It certainly seemed to snap back together this week as far as decoupling and coupling, whatever, but not just looking for stuff here either. Like there was clearly an area. Yeah, it just shows up. We said, we said, oh, hey, this is us. You know, I don't know why. So we're outperforming a little bit right now. And uh, are we going to catch up to the downside if everything um, tanks a little bit? Or This is a misleading chart for performance, but uh, for correlations, it makes sense. Yeah. Just because these are all different. Uh, right. But it's just reflexivity is over We just don't, don't want to be correlated with legacy. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how else to say it. We just don't want to be correlated. Uh, legacy it breaks down the whole narrative around crypto ex- existing in the first place right mm-hmm. like we're this decoupled uh, portfolio diversifier and uh, that's certainly not been the case so much over the past uh, however many months definitely wow so I pulled up this coffee index and it is truly up like very very bullish that's amazing my coffee is more expensive sad yeah i think what is it usci is what i was looking at um is the u.s commodities index or something i've never heard of this until the other day but yeah i mean it's going nuts yeah but this is this is we shouldn't be too surprised. Like it's a completely unloved world. The tech percentage that's um, of the stock market was so high. Energy was down to all time lows in terms of like makeup of the S and P five hundred. Um, commodities were have been such an unloved space that it doesn't take much to move them, and it doesn't take much in terms of outflows to have start having a significant impact. So. You know, it looks very clearly to me like you're seeing outflows from um, tech stuff and growth stuff to value stuff. 
Well, when do we see those outflows into crypto? Well, it depends. Are they value? (laughs) Is crypto value? Is crypto growth? It's acting like growth. uh, Yeah, all crypto is acting like growth, like Bitcoin included. Depends if you want to zoom out or not, I guess. (laughs) Yeah. Just a... Just not a fun time to be sitting here waiting for stuff, you know? Yeah. Is there any news out there, Josh? Is there anything we can talk about that's fun? Uh, the Bitfinex hacker stuff. Oh, Did yeah. Did we talk about that yet? No, we didn't. What a what an absolute gem her videos are. <laughs> so the uh, let's, let's just lean into it a bit. Do you have any news stories that you can pick up? Um, so she... A couple... A couple was arrested in New York for the orchestrating something in regard to the Bitfinex hack. At a minimum, it appeared they had the the keys stored in a uh, public document or a, a, a cloud-based document. So the feds were able to move the coins, right? And then so take custody of the coins and then arrest this couple for I don't know conspiracy to launder money or something like that. They didn't like get them for theft outright yet, but. Um, turns out these people are like a really flamboyant couple. She has like Heather Morgan is her name. Thank you, chat. Um, like all these crazy videos. She's a rapper, goes by Razzle Dazzle or something like that. She's a very bad rapper. <laughs> uh, her husband just takes videos of her doing these things, I guess. Um, she was in cybersecurity in some regard. There's this crazy tweet from BitGo sharing an article that she wrote for BitGo. And then, of course, you know, the Bitfinex hack was related to BitGo. So it's just this absolute chaos, perfect, perfect kind of movie scenario, right? Like, it's so this based on a true story crime thing. <laughs> like, it's just they just write themselves. Like you couldn't even write them this well. You would not believe it. But it's the real, it's the real deal. Innocent until proven guilty. But um, it looks like they were involved in some capacity or another. And yeah, here we are. Yeah, they. Um, who's that guy? Is it Ben Mesrick who, who wrote? I think he wrote Social Network. Maybe not. He wrote the Winklevi book. Anyway, like 100, percent somebody's already writing a screenplay about all this because yeah. it's going to be a movie eventually, for sure. Uh, the number is too big, three, 3 billion, 4.5 billion, whatever it is. The number is big enough that it's just going to catch people's attention. So, yeah, that's definitely going to be a movie one day. Dutch Lichtenstein is the husband's name. Now, they were like somewhat adjacent to crypto Twitter-ish and like in the crypto community, but I'm kind of surprised they weren't a bigger part of it. And I think we'll find out that they were like in some way, like some pseudonymous something like that that's my guess i think they're pretty close to crypto in general um because she had like a dot eth address or something yeah like raz.eth or something um i mean but at the same time they're, they're private keys and like a list of uh all of the um addresses that they control they were just in this document Another hilarious thing was they, uh, it was rzk.e, thank you. Um, 
Another thing that was funny was that apparently when they were arrested, there was just this bag of phones with a label on it that said burner phones. <laughs> it was like on their on their computer they had a um they had a uh a, a, t- a file that was like passport ideas. <laughs> like, how stupid can you be? Uh, it's almost like they had no awareness of the billions they had or that, I don't understand. Maybe it's a psyop maybe they're feds it's just so crazy uh yeah it's crazy to think that they'd be capable of the act but incapable of the cover-up not not just incapable but like Like, completely oblivious um somebody was telling me there was a write-up about like when they actually arrested her she was like pretending she was trying to get her cat to do something as they were arresting her but then she like leaned over her bedside table where her phone was and tried to like press the lock button a whole bunch of times to get it to lock down in a different way. (laughs) I don't know, man. So funny. Um, yeah. Crypto Jim says they're in over their head and surely like, I, I just, I, I hope this, the actual truth comes out at some point. Um, because the story's so good. I think it it will come out. I think it's I think it's it's known. It's just been under wraps because the investigation's been active. But I'm pretty sure they know like how everything went down. Um, they just haven't released it because they haven't caught the people yet. Yeah, Mr. So, Alcatraz says, "Do I really trust the official narrative?" And my answer is no. I really don't. But it's like I I want to know the real story. You know, like what the heck is the real story? I think we'll find out. As soon as uh, the money changes hands. It seems like surely somebody else is involved, right? Like, surely. That's what I said, because looking at these two people, it's like, there's or, no way. Or are they gigabrains and, like, the, the happy idiot act was just an act? Like, that would also be clever. I don't know. It's, it's bizarre, honestly. It's very bizarre. Indeed. Um, but... It was a lot of entertainment. So Tons much of entertainment. It's a win for crypto in the eyes of law enforcement because it's traceable, you know. Yeah. Between this and like the wormhole thing, it doesn't it paints like this false insurance on like, oh, anything bad's gonna get fixed. But at the same time it also shows that like there's a willingness and a want to like right the wrongs of crypto that have happened. So I think that's like, it makes it so that you're not on your own. Like if something goes bad, I don't know. It's, it comes with its pluses and minuses, I guess. But even the Bitfinex stuff initially with the debt token got figured out versus Mt. Gox, which is eventually going to get figured out. Oh, and Leo mooned off of all this. Yeah, yeah Leo did moon. But it's, it's becoming less Wild Wild West, I guess is my point, as, as, as things like this keep happening. Yeah. So they will they will find you and they will bring you in. That's that's the moral of the story. <laughs> there were um somebody saw coins moving. Amazingly enough, Leo had this incredible consolidation that had been going on since last May. And it was almost to its all time highs at three eighty ish. And when those coins moved, some smart people like it was like one BTC or something. It was like some. It looked like a test transaction. And when that happened, some clever people, Loomdart included, Loomdart might be a Fed too, 
um, <laughs> talked about it, and and then you know it pumped a little more. When the official news came out, it went from like four eighty to eight dollars or something. Um, and yeah, I mean it's just incredible. So now Leo Holders, it's super, it's super thinly traded too. It so is thinly like traded, it, but Leo it has Holders a reason, yeah. it had a reason to move. And Leo Holders are going to make money or whatever is going to happen. Um, yeah. But yeah, go ahead. Go well, ahead. because they have like some mandate to buy buy Leo because the you know Leo exists to to make those folks whole, and now they're not just whole; they're they're much more than whole. Like they're way up relative to the Bitfinex hack value of the time. So anyway, there's an interesting solution to a, a hack and not having the funds, and a positive outcome for for those customers. Um, and I, you know, I kind of wonder like, how's this set a precedent for the future? How's it set a precedent even for like wormhole, just a similar concept. Um, yeah. And no, Dale, worm, I, no, I guess, Dale, I do not have a low key crush on the Bitfinex hacker. She disturbs me. The wormhole thing's slightly different. They didn't recover the funds, but they were paid, you know, I don't know. Yeah. It's good optics, at the very least, for people who like aren't in crypto and have no clue what the hell's going on here. <laughs> they just assume it's like you know straight wild wild west. Um, we're growing up. We had a bunch of hearings as well this week, uh, which were I don't know if anybody listened to them besides me, but <laughs> they were the stablecoin hearings, right? One was a stablecoin hearing. One was a digital asset hearing. Um, we're getting better in what politicians think about crypto definitely far from perfect but uh it's definitely better than what it was of years past i think that's that's really the biggest takeaway for me like it's going to take time for them to fully comprehend the benefits of everything but we're, we're getting there slowly for sure and they're still concerned about mining energy they're still concerned about tether like tether comes up in every other sentence uh, to them so uh, those are definitely still the big issues so it's Friday. I wonder if we're going to have the same outcome this weekend as, la- as last weekend, which is the market like turns off. <laughs> Bitcoin just went completely flat for two days. And uh, I wonder if we're about to do the same thing. Um, I mean, we really seem unwilling to, ma- to do, go any direction on the weekend right now. Yeah, that's also that supports the coupling narrative of anything, you know, that we don't do anything on the weekends and uh, it's all just like high institutional U S trading volumes versus any, any retail. Yeah. And then finally retail and inflation retail gets crushed, right? Retail can't trade because they don't have this excess income. Like, am I wrong here? Or or is the, is the opposite true where they like gamble more because, um, uh, inflation's I higher. I think there is excess income still, kinda, but less, right? People spent it all, lost it all in meme stocks. I don't know. I don't know if we know the answer to that yet, but uh, I guess we're done sending out inflation or uh, stimmy checks, aren't we? Is that is that a thing of the past now? I think so. I don't know what it would take to make that happen again. Yeah. Um. <clears throat> and then finally, there's the Super Bowl this weekend. Going to be a bunch of crypto ads. We already know uh, eToro, FTX, um, Crypto.com, uh, several others. You and I have an over-under between kind of six and seven, right? You, t- you chose six, I chose seven. I can't remember. Um, 
I guess we don't think that's going to have a significant impact on the market as a whole, but maybe some attention on crypto if it ends up being, you know, like the review of the Super Bowl is basically like, oh, yeah, you know, there's a football game and a bunch of crypto commercials. Um, it was it was funny because the, the senators and the House representatives brought up the Super Bowl commercials a lot, too. Because <laughs> like, their, their main concern is uh, we're putting this new casino in retail's attention and people are getting hurt by it. Like that's, that's their, their response. Um, Maybe this is my, my middle IQ on the same page as theirs. So yeah, we're going to see, I think we're going to see more commercials than we even know, like more than 10 at this point. Uh, I know we said seven last week, but you're up in the, based on, you're up in the ante. Based on what I'm seeing, like it, just you know, OpenSea is probably going to have one. Um, oh, I don't think they will. No, I think Coinbase will though. Well, yeah, Coinbase—they already have one for the Olympics, right? Coinbase NFT or something. Oh, did they already do an NFT commercial? I, I would. Know, I just think I wouldn't be surprised if they launched their NFT initiative uh, this week. I think you're going to see metaverse this, that, and the other thing for all these random companies. Uh, Eddie in the chat says he's guessing a metaverse halftime show. That would be so cringe and so good. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know if it's good or bad for crypto, but it's happening. I don't think anybody could do anything to stop it at this point. Yeah. All right. So we only like one rock, and it's the gold one this week. If I'm on a deserted island, <laughs> looking at <laughs> charts side by side. Uh, you would choose the rock. And I didn't want anything to move super quickly. The rock looks okay. I think if crypto can stay neutral into Q2 at the very least, I think we'll be fine. There we go. Josh, thank you for being here. Chat, thank you for being here. Sorry we don't have much else for you. This might be what it's like all 2022. We'll have to come up with new things to talk about with the charts are just bouncing between um, boring levels. We will see. But we're glad that you're here. We'll see you next time. Check us out on YouTube if you want to catch the replays or audio apps and all that. See ya. Monuments crumble In the blink of an eye The easy river Has just run dry